Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. We have a great one for you guys today, especially if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan. If this is your first Geekscape, though, strap yourselves in. We're going to be talking lots of movies, video games, comic books, TV, pop culture. We've been doing this for, that's 2017, oh my god. We've been doing this for over 11 years. Uh, This is Geekscape, your favorite pop culture podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and um, that's what we do. So uh, in news, we don't – Geekscape-wise, I don't know. We we just put up the Punisher special. I don't know if you guys watched Netflix's The Punisher, but go ahead and search the feed. It is up there. Ian Kerner and I sit down for uh, our thoughts on Netflix's Punisher series, which we both kind of loved. So spoilers – if you, uh, there's a spoiler warning if you guys want to listen to that. Uh, I think you should listen to it if you liked the series and want to know more about it because, you know, Ian, he has read every comic book ever published, so he gets into it and he can tell us what everything means. And um, that's the Punisher special. It's up on the feed now. Um, and, of course, uh, we had Lauren and Katie last week. They're hilarious. Please check that episode out. And um, that's that's for you guys who have not been listening. And check this one out because you're Dragon Ball Z fans. We have a great one. Um, maybe you've watched this fan film. Is it called a fan film? Short film? What do you call this thing? Uh, it's Is it a series? I think it's a series. I think it's a fan series. And you may be like, well, there was a pilot. So a pilot indicates a series. And then you see episodes two and three, but that's like one short film. And so you're sitting there going, hmm, what is this thing? Well, luckily, I have the creators here with me to talk about it. It's Dragon Ball Z, Light of Hope. Um, I don't know anything about Dragon Ball, but I was super impressed by all of it. And I think I sort of started to get a little bit of an appreciation for Dragon Ball. So whether or not you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, listen to this episode because you may grow an appreciation for it like I did. Um, I'm sitting down with my friend, Ruan Thompson, how are you? We've um, known each other for a long time. Yeah, we have. Um, but also, the co-creators of this current short, Rita and Donnie McMillan, are here. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. It, Glad to be here. And um, and talk to me a little bit about uh, Robot Underdog. This is your production company, your channel. How, like, how do you define this? Because I think we were talking before the show about how everything's kind of amorphous when you get to like the, the, you know we all have our kind of brands. Like I've got Geekscape, and people ask me all the time, "What does Geekscape do?" And I'm like. Arr! Podcast community website, <laughs> I don't, podcast network. Now I don't know. <laughs> but when somebody asks you guys like what Robot Underdog does, what do you guys tell them? Um, well, we make anime inspired, uh, sci-fi inspired, and geek related content. We started as just a group of friends. We really are still just a group of friends who get together on the weekends and evenings and make things that we're passionate about um, by trade and by passion we are filmmakers and that's the goal is just to keep making things that we are passionate about whether it's animes like dragon ball z or sci-fis that involve aliens or futuristic elements all of that kind of stuff is right up our alley and we just express ourselves through film and put it on the internet and hopefully fans like it how did it get started like what was the impetus for robot or dog like what was the first thing that you guys were like you know what we should do and then you went out and did that thing uh, Rita and I just really like making stuff, and uh, we're kind of dorks. And how did you guys meet? So, how did you guys meet? Uh, we're high school sweethearts. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we, we the most adorable couple that has ever existed. <laughs> and how did you? Uh, where did you guys grow up? Uh, we're from Ponca City, Oklahoma. Okay, so I'm guessing there was a lot to do there. In, in <laughs> And you guys weren't bored at all. Nope. <laughs> you didn't discover comics Nailed and anime. It. Nailed it. <laughs> how, how big? How big is that city? 
Is it, uh, is, it, is, it, is it a city? It's less people. It is qualified as a city, but there's not like a mall or things. There's like cows and pastures and... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a town. It's, not like it's, 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 it's actually misrepresenting it by calling it a city. It's more of a town. I remember we used to think that uh, if... Like, we were the big city in our right, area. Right. So, like, we had two movie theaters. Where is it? Uh, it's, like, north and center Oklahoma, you know. Okay. And, and I have my my aunt lives in – my dad grew up in Amarillo. Okay. Uh, not in Amarillo, in Groom near Amarillo. But um, I have an aunt who lives in Oklahoma City. I've never been to Oklahoma myself, but I've spent time in the panhandle of Texas. And I, Oklahoma City is, like, in west Oklahoma, it's central. It's, central? Mid, it's like yeah. kind of right in towards okay. the middle. Oklahoma City is. Okay. And then To be fair, the panhandle of Texas. I love Texas sure. for all you Texas people out there, but the panhandle is a pretty No, it's I don't want to bleak. That's that's it's Oklahoma's bleak. a little better than the panhandle <laughs> yeah, of the Texas. The panhandle of Texas is like <laughs> oh, dang. The, the panhandle of Texas is bleak. Uh, yeah. I, I found one saving grace. I was there a few years ago and I discovered that it has the second largest canyon in the U.S. next to the Grand Canyon. And I went jogging there, and that was beautiful. And so I was like, okay, there's something I could do here. Yeah. But I couldn't do it forever. And there's yeah. just nothing to do in the panhandle of Texas. <laughs> so I can understand coming from Pocahontas, Wachee, wherever that came from. Like, Nailed it again. Like, 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 like Ponca City. Ponca City. Nope. Learn the name. It's called Ponca City. <laughs> Yes, it's yeah. of the Ponca Indian, like the Native okay. American yeah. Indian tribe. How many of those still live there? Quite a few. <laughs> really? Actually, there's a reservation yeah. in the okay. city. Well, so not city, but they outside. St- they still have their neighborhood. Okay, good. We didn't totally extinguish them, which I'm – thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so Ponca City, um, you guys are like kicking around, trying to figure out – like most people, do they just stay in town or – Most people stay in town, but I'm pretty sure we met – the only other like we met each other and it was like oh cool someone else that wants to leave yes oh you like movies and like geek stuff too great and what did you guys connect over like what was the first thing that you guys were like if i touch you like this <laughs> and you touch <laughs> me like, like that. that actually someone in our crew had a like a very very bad video camera and i wouldn't call what we did films but you know just run around and turn put on record mm-hmm. and that was what we would do on when we weren't in school make in high school in high school, make really bad, just silly videos, silly videos, just non nonstop silliness. <laughs> really, I had it. We, we had this fake character. Uh, it was like an extremely exaggerated version of a uh, uh, of of me. It was Super D, uh-huh. and it was like uh, <laughs> oh my God, I had so this retro. This. I had this retro uh, oh wrestling like warm up outfit that I would wear, and I had a huge fro at the time. And uh-huh. if I didn't just have that, I would have the enhanced. Fake fro, and uh, I'd walk around kind of like um, Neo from the Matrix meets um, um, what's the black exploitation uh, like shaft? shaft? Yeah, and we would go on these like nonsense adventures, and you know, just make fools of ourselves, <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, it. document yes. it. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about this, and I need all of the documentation. It needs to all go like, on the channel. I need to see this. A-sap. Guys, this is your second channel that I, the, the Light of Hope <laughs> stuff is on. <laughs> I can only hope that this, this stuff is, is on the first this channel. This is the reason it's called Robot Underdog Two. Yeah, that's not, that's not true. We, kinda need, we, we, we need some Robot Underdog <laughs> One. Is there a theme song, Super D? Because I'll write one right Super now. Super D, please. <laughs> 
No, uh, you're not going to find that content anywhere. But uh, it exists. Because there is a theme song. It's just seven on hard music, copy, like Brick House. Um, Jesus, Brick. So, yeah. <laughs> House. So, you, so you guys are doing that stuff, D. and you were like, you know what? I kind of have a thing for Super D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you like, I mean, because you guys are like a group of friends, right? Right. So we were yeah. doing that, those things, but then, you know, like, you when it comes, come, comes time to like go to college, it was like, all right, well, I mean, you don't really think about it as a career. So at the time, we're like, oh, we just do that for fun. I mean, they weren't good. Don't, sure. it was, you know, sure. so then the opposite. we go to college <laughs> and well, we try to go to college and just nothing really interests us, especially college in the Midwest. They don't have film programs. Where was this? Did you guys go to the same college? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you guys yeah. were right or die. You guys yeah, were like, right. um, tattoos? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we tried to go into college to be like regular people and it just didn't work out. So finally we're like, okay, well, what do we like doing? And it's like, well, I mean, Super D. let's try <laughs> films because clearly that's something that uh, we like. Right. And so then we found a film school. Where was that? In Florida. Okay. Was that Full Sail or something? It was Full like Sail. Full Sail is a good school. Yeah, it's okay. Full Sail is a good school. If you're no. rich. If you're rich. Yeah, no, Full Sail is an expensive school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, we'll be in debt for the rest of our life. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, but, great. you know, I see people who come out of Full Sail and, they've, and they, they're they with it. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I think college, period, is just expensive. And, I, well, and like a trade people, school is expensive, period. But yeah. The people Full you see are the ones that have good. made it out here. Yeah, like Most, you guys. Like 90% of the kids don't. No, they Make work at here. Disney World. And with that said, that's not a product. That's not necessarily a reflection of the school. It's just, uh, unfortunately, art schools. I think that's probably a pretty common thing. Right. And what is good about full scale, uh, full scale, full cell is <laughs> full that it's, uh, it's very technical as opposed to theory. So you can come out here with the skill set you need as opposed to just like have ideas. Sure. You know. Sure. So, so you guys, so you guys went to full, full sale together. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you, you came out, and it was like, okay, Super D takes on LA. <laughs> it's time to take on Hollywood. Um, but I'm guessing you guys connected over this love of anime, like manga, and that whole world, um, comic books, and stuff like that. Like again, like what was the first one where you guys were like, oh, like there's something here. Like you, there's a connection. She speaks my language, or Probably he speaks Batman. my language. Is Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe Terminator. As well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's really not fair to say one single thing. We're sure. just we just like the same nerdy stuff. I was mean, there like, a moment where you guys like at a party or something, or like at school or something, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my god, did you say you love Batman? She speaks. <laughs> she speaks my language. <laughs> we just become best friends um, because as a geek, like in high school, like you know what? Nobody funny? felt like they spoke my language. Yeah. No. You know what's funny is, uh, like personally, I, I grew, I, I wrestled, and kind of came from a, I don't know. A, Machismo, uh, like a macho. I don't know. I don't. Dude, basically, you have, were you like a closeted like, geek? I was a closeted geek, man. Right. Like I, I live. Yeah, was it just time. wasn't cool. It you into this fancy stuff, boy? <laughs> pretty much how it went down. No, I just you, you run know. around here like Super D. You think you're better than this, huh? <laughs> you think you're better than this because you read this Japanese stuff? You think you're cultured, boy? Yeah, you didn't. You didn't want to like. So you're let your going geek way too far. Every- I'm from Texas. I know this. <laughs> no, I, I mean like getting the credit right? of uh, separating out the oh. ethnicities. <laughs> 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 Yo. <laughs> Uh, yeah. well, for, for those for those of you listening on the podcast, Donnie, I believe, is a black man. <laughs> Growing up in Oklahoma may not have been the best environment no, was... for expressing yourself. You think you're better than us, boy? <laughs> oh, Running around here with your Batman cape and Super I'm, D? I'm, I'm having flashbacks. Super D fro? I'm having flashbacks. This is crazy. No, no, bro, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but uh, it just wasn't cool to be a dork about all this stuff. Super and, D for uh, dork, boy? <laughs> 
so we we kind of connected on on just you know just liking each other, and then <laughs> what we, I get from this is that you saved him. <laughs> you saved him. He was like, I am going to turn out just like them wrestling. <laughs> you gonna wrestle some hogs, boy? Let's put let's put you in the trench. What what? And then here she comes. I'm down. I love this entire narrative that I've completely fabricated. I mean, it's as if you were there the whole time. It's pretty incredible. Super Reed is here. <laughs> Save the Super D. Saving that Super D. I got to say, I did not see it going this way this morning. Welcome to Geekscape. How many podcasts have you guys been on? A um, few. Yeah, yeah. We had a poor attempt at trying our own a couple years ago, uh, so no. it was a lot more crude than this. <laughs> Come to the pros. I know this is this all right. Is, this is a pretty sexy setup, you guys. Let's have. go. Let's great. be real. There's a reason great, great. I've been doing this this long. Mm-hmm. Boredom and lack of options. But <laughs> story I've, of my sex life. I've Anyways. gotten a little bit better at it. Yeah, through bumps and bruises. Um, okay, so you guys go to Full Sail. You come out here. You've got some skills. And Geekscape is. I want to implore you to go to that uh, Robot Underdog YouTube page and check out these shorts because. They're going to blow you away. I was like, I mean, when you watch Dragon Ball Z, it is hyperkinetic. It's got the crazy, you know, don't do it if you have like mild epilepsy or something. But <laughs> but you know, you know, Dragon the full Ball on Z. epilepsy. Like, go for it. It's like, going to be a great time. <laughs> even somebody like me who uh, is not like uh, versed in Dragon Ball Z at all. Like I, I know Super Saiyan. I know that stuff. I, I know a little bit of the video game stuff. I know who Goku is and who Piccolo is. I know that stuff. I know a lot of it mainly because of the bad feedback towards the Americanized version. <laughs> My heart breaks for you, Chai and Fat. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but I don't know like this world that that Light of Hope takes place in, where there's like Trunks, who's the the, the little kid. Um, there's the two evil androids, and there's Gohan, and. Immediately, you guys do a great job in that pilot. I had to watch the pilot because, because again, like I'm not versed in this stuff. And I watched the pilot, and it starts off with a kick, and you just got these androids just like killing people. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's blood and death and destruction. Okay, let's go and, and go on. But, but really, like like the effects is what like blew me away, and the fact that it wasn't just you know you guys are good directors. You like you guys have a Thank sound you. way of shooting action. That was really pretty awesome. So Geekscape, especially you filmmakers are out, who are out there, take a look at this stuff because it is really, really, really high quality, especially on an independent level. Like it's going to blow you away. I, the camera's in the right place, the camera movements in the right place, everything's flowing, and it's kept the exact same hyperkinetic level of what we, of what you expect in the, in the anime, which is very, very rare because anime is probably pretty challenging to adopt. Well, for the action, uh, we had Lohan Busan, who did the fight choreography, and then Fabian Garcia, who did all the holding the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, Lohan was the action director, and then Fabian, the co-choreographer and fight DP. So as far as, like, the actual, that type of technical details of the fight, that all credit goes to them uh, on that. And then our focus was, I mean, of course, everything ran through us in sure. terms of making sure it was good, but then our focus was more, like, story, characters... And um, we actually both did some of the visual effects, but for the fight, that was all Lohan as well. The, I mean, the visual effects are insane, especially like, like how, how many visual effects? I mean, let, let's just talk about this this new one that popped up a month ago. This is uh, Light of Hope episodes two and three. 
that you guys can find as like a collected short. How many visual effects shots are in that That's, thing? I mean, stop it, counting. I mean, it's every I mean, shot. Every, yeah, I every mean, shot has level has some level of augmentation. Even if it doesn't look like it, like we'll have the sky replaced or the androids' eyes are had to be tracked and enhanced. So mm-hmm. even in shots where it doesn't look like there's visual effects, there's probably some smoke that has been composited into the background or the sky has been replaced. Or something. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, almost yeah. You guys shot. did some of the VFX yourselves as well. We did everything besides the fight. And a couple of CG shots we had our friend Greg do. Mm-hmm. And, like, what, what are you guys using for that stuff? Uh, well, like what we were working what? on was mostly After Effects, uh, almost exclusively After Effects. And then um, the fight was a combination of Cinema 4D, um, probably some plugins and stuff that I'm not sure of just because we weren't the ones that did the fight. Um and, and, shots, and then After Effects. The Castle Corp so, shot and the Healing Pod shot were 3DS Max. 3DS Max, mm-hmm. yeah. But those are the only two shots. Yeah. And I mean, some of the, I mean, you're, you're paying people. Or, and I mean, this stuff is, or, hey, this I mean, is a nope. huge nope. Like, passion project. But you're, but you're okay, so, so everybody's working for free on this thing. Yeah. Yep. Which is yeah. insanity because just look at the credit reel, folks. Uh, a lot of people are working on this thing and they're all Dragon Ball Z fans. Well, I'm most guessing, of the 90% of the credits reel are the contributors from the <clears throat> right. crowdfunding. Okay. So they didn't actually work on the project, but they were crowdfunders. And so you guys have this crowdfunding, but the money is still going places. Like the money is still going to yeah. things like maybe those plugins Locations. cost money, food, you got to feed people, you got to transport people, you know, you have to rent equipment, you have to do all this stuff. How long did it take you guys to shoot episodes two and three? Did you guys shoot them back to back or did you guys shoot them traditionally like episodes? Uh, well, well, the money goes to. Um, it gets absorbed almost immediately with locations, mm-hmm. permits, uh, costumes, uh, redemade the costumes, and, and and yeah, the props. I mean, all that stuff. It just and the VFX makeup because I mean, there's yeah. a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's yeah, this so this so that's where almost and crafty, and so uh, <laughs> that's where the money goes. Um, as far as um, shooting the second part, yeah, yeah. What was that? Oh, as far as the days on set. Yeah, like how long, oh, yeah. How long did it days take you to shoot this? Because some of it was green screen, some of it was location. Like I kind of lost count because we shot on the weekends over the course of months and months. I, I want to say so. it was about like a year and a half of actually shooting. But well, then no, it's, I would say just 20 strictly days. weekends. Yeah, maybe 20 yeah. days total of sh- 20 yeah, shoot Yeah, something days, like that. Because the pilot was, I think, 15 or 16 days. No, and this it was only one, nine. It was only was nine. It? Yeah, it was yeah. really short for that one. Because this was almost triple oh, the amount right. of content. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we were still able to do it in like 20 or so shoot days. But because yeah. everyone works full time, we can't pay anybody. It was literally like the weekends mm-hmm. is when we could yeah. shoot. And you guys are doing like, like do you guys have like a pre-vis like, um, approach where like mm-hmm. things like, you know, um, an actor, you know, moving a piece of a, of, a, of a mountain or a building and stuff like that. Like, how much of this is pre-vis when you guys go in? Uh, and, and it's like, very. It's almost, it's almost all drawn out. The fight is yeah. 100% pre-vis <clears throat> to the point of shooting it with VFX already put in. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Like, there's a video of, like, which the action director and the fight choreographers put together of other actors that aren't the main actors sure. doing all of the fight like with VFX and with all of everything put together, so when we get on set to shoot the actual fight, all the shots are planned out, and, and they you're know, just replacing them. Yeah, just replacing them. That's insane. That's pretty cool, and it probably saves a ton, 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 ton of time. It's it's not even that. It wouldn't be possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're on a budget like this, and it, the small just crew no, that you guys have to yeah. do the VFX. Yeah, yeah you'd you have, have to do that. You kind of have one shot to get it right, or what else. Well, I mean. Let's say uh, let's say we're shooting Justice League, right? Sure. 
Um, but they did not have one shot to get it right. No, they had multiple, <laughs> multiple shots. Yeah, to get I mean it right. it's timely, but it, yeah, you know, you, if something goes wrong, you just go, oh, let's just do this again. Right. You know, that's not an option, especially yeah. when you're doing a crowdfunding they project. Have three, where they it's they like have we, $300 million. Yeah, we have. have the obligation of doing this with, even though it's not a lot of money for a film, it's still a lot of money to us. We raised like $65,000. So, wow. like, that's a huge burden. Responsibility. Or, or, responsibility is a better word. It's just, it's an, it's, we're indebted to these people. And so it's, we can't mess this up. And we've got one chance and we've got five people at the helm of the thing. You know, and, and it's on a setting, and like there's this, so, yeah, there's so well, much going on. Sixty-five grand seems like a lot, but once for crowdfunding, you have to do perks, right? Yeah. Sure. So like, if someone donates a hundred dollars, they get a twenty-five dollar Dragon Ball like thing plus shipping. So we're really only getting seventy-five percent of that, and then you add in like Indiegogo has like a four percent fee, and then PayPal has a thirty percent fee. So when PayPal it, has a thirty percent fee. I'm sorry. Oh, three percent, three percent fee. But if you if it's less than a dollar, like, bye. No, no. So <laughs> the way it's thirty percent, it's either three three percent or thirty cents. Sure. So like a lot of people donated one dollar. And so thirty cents yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, right. So when it came to production budget, we had maybe forty forty five grand. So really, we're we're talking to those of you who chose a dollar option. Listen, <laughs> no, <laughs> there's, we a, there's a Patreon going on now, <laughs> and that's just not going to cut it. Okay, the one dollar option is just not going. No, to. no, I'm no. Kidding. We, we love you. It. It's the one we're joking. We couldn't have done it without those guys. So yeah, so you know, maybe forty forty five grand production budget, which seems like a lot, but when locations charge eight hundred dollars a day. All of a yeah. sudden, or more, or, or more, yeah, up to a thousand, fifteen hundred a day, and that's not including the electricity. The obviously, like we talked about, crafty, and that includes mm-hmm. like water. And it's not like fancy crafty. It's like <laughs> or to rent we, locations out yeah. here, especially. You guys in getting LA. more of those goldfish? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got them goldfish. No, dragons? we're out. We're actually yeah. out. Oh, all out. <laughs> yeah. You guys got any more of those gummy worms? <laughs> I had a guy at a location like pull up on a quad, and he goes. <laughs> We were already shooting. Like we're, we rented this location. It was in this desert area, and we're filming. Guy, it was like almost a ranch. Like he, he had horses on there and stuff. And we're shooting in this remote deserty area of it. And um, my producer George went to like the office where this guy is located, the house, to use the Wi-Fi so he can, you know, do phone calls and emails and stuff. And we're over here shooting, and the dude pulls up on his quad and goes. Which one of you's got my bread? <laughs> oh no! None like, of us. None like, of us have your bread, it, it, sir. What? No, no. We're 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 filming. Who's got my bread? <laughs> so, wow! And I was like, oh, that would be George. He was probably in the. He was probably in the room next to you Just when you left the house. I was like, no, George would have your bread. He's back in the house that you left to come and uh, pull your ATV in front of our shot. And now we have to go and scuff out all of your ATV tracks because they're not supposed to be there. Um, Fuck off. Thank you for the location. He's like, George is a dead man. Where is he? He's like, he's like, would this be George? He pulls out like this potato sack. It's all bloodied. Just yanks his head out. I found him. He ain't got my bread. So now you got to get me there's my a, bread. There's a horror movie in like some of these location scouts where it's like, should we jump the fence? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go to some of these places and you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, you sure this is the location? It's funny you mentioned that. We went uh, to Salton Sea for one of our locations, say. and it was... I've always wanted to go there. Uh, it, first off, highly recommend anyone go out there just to take photos or just to kind of scout it out, but you have to be prepared for a horrendous 
stench. But I mean, if you, if you want the ruins of civilization, yeah. which you guys needed it for some of these plates, yeah, the Salton Sea's yeah. got ruins of civilization. Yeah. I almost don't. I, every time I, say, I tell people to do it, I'm like, ah, I should have done don't. that. I don't want anyone I, to keep going. I don't want people to keep going out there. Yeah, it's this <laughs> it's, gorgeous, like scary, but like it's this beautiful, like desolation. Just desolation, like the because right around it, like the the beach, yeah. is just skeletons of fish. the fish and oh, the God. birds. Like that is. Is there the any beach. water still there? Oh yeah, there's oh, a whole yeah. lake. There's oh, the whole lake massive, that's still yeah. there. But what happened you, was, would you go swimming in it? No, 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 no. no, no. It's poisonous. It's poisonous. What, what made it poisonous? Okay, so I don't. Back in I know 60s, nothing about the Salton Sea. Okay, so the Salton Sea. So basically, there was a natural forming like salt sea no. out in the middle of the desert, right? In- is that right, Rita? Oh no, they what made it. So, right? Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You are so wrong. Okay. Okay. I know what happened after that, but it's the first part that I got wrong. There was a Colorado River, and the people doing. They were working on the river, and someone made a mistake. And so all of the water from the river flowed into this basin. Okay. And it created a lake, which was the Salton Sea. Actually, so huge, it created the Salton Sea. And this was in the, what, 30s, 40s? Uh, 50s, 60s? No, no, it was the 70s. 70s. Oh, it was 70s. the early okay. 70s. Early was, 70s. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, look it up. Okay, so anyway. so <laughs> It's the, fascinating. The, a man-made mistake caused all the water to flow into this basin, which made the Salton Sea. Sorry, Greg. Uh-huh. And um, so... Basically, around it, a bunch of agriculture had already been happening, runoff from, like, pesticides and whatnot all around the basin because there's farms and, like, cows and things. So this basin had been built up uh, with years and years of agricultural waste, but no one thought about that. So then the water came in and made a lake. Everyone posted up, like, their houses and built docks and made it, like, a resort. Yeah, it's like a Riviera. Yeah, it was going to be the next, like, Palm Springs is what they were aiming for. Okay. Yes. And then pretty soon... The pesticides that had been in the ground and all of this agricultural runoff came into the water and it interacted with the sun, which just made this toxic gel. No, not gel, but just, yeah, made the water completely poisonous and millions of fish died pretty much overnight. Over 2 million fish died pretty much instantly and everyone had to vacate the lake. And so there's, like, abandoned homes out yeah. there. Well, wait, wait, it gets better. Pretty soon after that, so everyone had built all of the, the property around the lake. Mm-hmm. And once the toxins came up and everything died, people were like, oh, this is, like, a problem. But then immediately <laughs> after that, there was another man-made mistake, and the water flooded again. What do you mean? Like, from the river. Someone, again. 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 Let's refill it. There was there was a, a salt. Yeah, there was a. Because we learn from our mistakes. Just kidding. Yeah. Because, yeah. Th- yeah, basically, yeah. Don't the, touch that, Greg. The initial event uh, happened. <laughs> and then Greg. When, the, when the second thing happened, everyone just uh, completely abandoned. Well, because it flooded. So, 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 so at first, they were, like, they were like, we can fix this, guys. Yeah. Can, let's band together. Yeah. We can fix this. These are our homes. <laughs> well, they <laughs> just invested millions. I'm uh, not millions, but like sure, a lot of money. Maybe. Back then, so then like, it flooded. When it, the, it, it flooded the, again. No, not. So first it made it the lake. Sure. But the second time it flooded and the water went up into the homes. Yeah. And wrecked them. Yeah, I think we're butchering this, honestly. No, but what, what but did worth Google. Is, what did happen is it got there was there's toxic chemicals in the water. Fish died. Millions of fish died. They all rotted instantly. People abandoned their homes because it's so nasty out there. <laughs> That's what happened one way or the other. And, super and it's kind of crazy because when you normally see abandoned ho- like houses or something, it's from like. 60 years ago or sure. something abs- like something crazy but this is like, this a is 70s like it style. feels almost modern and it's very it's very eerie because you get the sense of like and they oh this is how everything. fast it can happen like they, they just everything. bounced because there's like couches and there's like full-on like houses and stuff and like papers that just people just was like oh, 
like yeah. just like bounce. That's why I say it got flooded again because then they had to leave all their stuff. Leave it, it was, Tina. Because it wasn't worth we're taking just, out. So we're just retconning this real quick. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. But anyway, so there's still, there's still fish in the water. There's still fish in well, there, and, but they're mutants and shit. Well, no, what's crazy is they're Can constantly dying. So if you yeah. if you look at the if you go up to the lake, it's this weird progression of there's dead fish right next to the water that have recently died, and then it's like bones. Older bones, older, older bones, older bones, older bones. Like when it's I really when we gross. say the beach is all bones, like the entire beach, like all the way up to where the beach starts, yeah. it's just bones. And then like as she said, it kind of gets younger and younger. And then you see like just fresh fish and fresh like birds where just are those? dead. Oh, okay. So um, where the fuck are those fish coming from? <laughs> First off, <laughs> I, they just keep they just like, keep making babies just and just trying like, to like the speed of which this thing is. Like killing them, like it, it, they're outpacing, they're right. outbegging the pace of the death. So, but yeah. but, but Jonathan, let's let's they're do fish. a little Jeff Goldblum. Life finds a Life way. Life finds a way. That's why I want to see the mutants. I want to see like the fish then person. You should go. You should go to. Salt <laughs> I want to be like. It's, there's like a fish person that's going to come out of there and be so like, help me. And gross. It almost feels like something will reach out of the water. And but go. honestly, <laughs> in a weird way, it's gorgeous. Like yeah. especially when the sun sets because it's in the desert, so right. it's all flat, and so you have this gorgeous like flat like lake. This glassy lake, and then all these bones around it. So when the sun yeah. sets, but also there's it's all these like, shit. yeah, it's it's intense. it's intense and it's gorgeous. But then like it's scary as all get out because yeah. you're just in this silent place where nothing but death lives. But then there's people that still live. Yeah, there, there are people who still live there. And, they're and, the scary. But they're very nice though. Are they? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're nice. You want to buy a motorbike? You're like, okay, first not- of all, you they provided it's super you deep. with peroxide whenever you cut okay, your finger. Okay, wait. Oh, they're very helpful, like, I'm guessing there's a lot of that. I'm guessing there's a lot of that out there. Everyone no. we talked to was very nice. They're nice. Like, it's but, a community. So the thing is, is that, like, I filmed a music video out there before doing the Light of Hope stuff, and that's when it was the scariest for me because people kept leaving me to, like, take care of, like, the bass by mm-hmm. myself. And, like, one of the times, there's one time that I just, there was this woman, like, who lived a few houses behind, like, where the base camp was. And she was doing this crazy, like, chant in oh. her house. Oh, it happens. Oh, yeah. But, like, this, like, very, I guess, spiritual for her. Sure. But then she stopped and then made her way out to me and started this whole very intense conversation. I was really scared because I was left <laughs> up. Oh, like, what do those people do for meth? <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't feel like it's like, what do you do? That's mean, but well, I mean, but, but there's, there's like, it's like a community yeah, living yeah. on the fringes, yeah. and you've seen it in some movies, Geekscape. It's like they they have shot movies. There's a movie called Salt and Sea with Vincent D'Onofrio and stuff. Oh, really? Okay. And, yeah, I just remember like his nose gets shot off or cut off, and like he has this pig nose the rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> and I think um, Into the Wild, like he spends some time in Salt and Sea in that movie. And, oh, okay. And like. Uh, so I mean, it's been a location. It's just yeah. really interesting that like there's almost like this Mad Max fringe society. That it's lives the best there. place to film. Like if you're on, especially if you're on a lower budget and you need like a post-apocalyptic look, because uh-huh. they don't they don't they love you coming out there and filming. Like they don't care, and there's no permits you need or anything like that. Sure. Like you just you go should there. Probably get a permit online if you can. I mean, yeah, yeah if you can, please do. But Y'all like, making a movie. Yeah, sup, 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 sup. can I be and in it? No, no, no. It's so nice. So actually, there's this there's this great thing that I for, totally forgot about, and I brought it up to you, Donnie. Of when we were filming at one point, the cop like we saw a cop car pull up, and Donnie was like, "All right, let me go talk to him Shit. real quick." Oh, no. Come to find out, he was a Dragon Ball Z fan, and he saw um, Kenny in the gi, mm-hmm. and was like, "What's going on? Is that Dragon Ball Z?" And that's who plays Gohan. 
correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. Kenny, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to show my kid this. This is awesome. Yeah, and like, and it was the best part was like, then Donnie comes back and he's like, I guess we just got another follower on our, That's <laughs> oh awesome. God, our YouTube. That's you just awesome. subscribed like in the car. It was so cute. And there was like, I feel like right cool. before that or right after that, there was like a car full of like a mom and her kids who mm-hmm. also saw Kenny was like, we want to come. Like, is cool. it, can we go say hi? And we're like, yes. That's huge. Ahead. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, this project's been a lot of fun. It's really cool to be able to make something that connects with so many people. I mean, it's really bizarre. I, I mean, you know, not to go back into it, but, you know, just being from Oklahoma, like a small town Oklahoma, it's like, I don't know. You just, your expectations are different. So it's weird to to be out here, be able to, even, even on YouTube, to make something that, uh, impacts as many people as it does. A lot of commenters are like, oh, yeah. hello from Brazil. We love you. Hello it's from Argentina cool. or just all over the world. The Philippines. Yeah. The yeah. Philippines. Yeah. Literally all over the world, yeah. the people are seeing this and connecting with it. Like we have a guy uh, who's Thai who did a reaction video to our, to the Light of Hope, the new one. And it's like, we don't know what he's saying, but we know he likes it. <laughs> he looks excited. You guys have some localization going on. Like you guys had fans translate it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, no, but... I mean, <laughs> be like, hey, can you also translate this oh, video? That was that was that's great. funny. That would be funny. Uh, yeah, we did. We had a lot of people that uh, actually Rita interfaced with them the most, but they were, I mean, all over the globe. People were hitting up Rita and asking if they could do the transcriptions for the uh, you know the closed captions of the of the film. So I think because well, that's a big how many, deal. How many 12, different languages, languages are we? Yeah, so I saw the list. And I was just like, okay, this is it's pretty neat, man. Yeah, it's pretty. Le- I thought it was pretty legit. What um. What do you guys think for somebody like myself who's like I think I missed I think I'm I'm a few years older than you guys and so I missed Dragon Ball Z just by uh, a handful of years at most and like what it, what is the appeal of it to you guys because I feel like it fell into like Street Fighter Two was like the big thing for me when you know the Super NES came out and arcades started kind of going the way like consoles started catching up to the technology in the arcades because arcades were mainly 16 32 bit um you started really having street fighter 2 work its way into like consoles and that was like a big console first console fighter game and i feel like dragon ball z and then like the whole 90s anime surge that you know culminated with pokemon being huge and so like that like I feel like that that kind of hit right as I was probably going to college. So I'm a few years older than you guys. And by the time I was in college, like you just don't have money or time to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I feel like it was something that you would have to have discovered middle school, high school, somewhere in there. Like, what is the appeal of it? Did you guys think of like Dragon Ball Z? Um, I mean, I think, I think Dragon Ball connects with people, uh, specifically, I think it connects with, I'll speak on it. I think it connects with minority, uh, yeah. uh, crowds uh, uh-huh. especially um i think i think there's connection uh in the family dynamic of it i think that we're i guess i it's very it's very macho so a lot of guys i'll speak for guys you think it's macho i think yeah. there's a macho element to it when you see uh you know you see like these every episode there's a new power level or a new transformation and like you kind of live vicariously through those characters you want to be awesome like them mm-hmm. but i also think so so you have like the the power and the strength and i also think there's just the heart aspect of it where you know if if you know, a person that doesn't maybe have family or a father or, you know, like some kind of a person that you can really gravitate towards in that way, you get those experiences through the anime. I mean, it's you're, like, you're What do you watching. mean? So, like, the story is basically, like, Goku and he it's finds a group out. of friends. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a it's group okay. of friends. Yeah, He's I'm, one of them. 
I was going to say, Rita, yeah, you, you go next of like, for you, what drew you to it? Because we got the supposedly macho version of like what, so what drew you to specifically Dragon Ball? Well, I'll say like just anime in general. I would say Dragon Ball Z was the first anime I saw on TV. So you go from watching things like Fraggle Rock or like Bonkers, sure. Animaniacs, like traditional American cartoons to now all of a sudden like they're super powered aliens. It's definitely a 90s kid thing. Yeah. Like for well, sure. What, or so early 80s, 90s. What's that? Yeah, so, no, so the thing is, is actually Dragon Ball is uh, late seventies, sure, uh, no. early eighties, and then like, and then on. And I'm talking about right. like I'm when it really hit the Z. states. You yeah, know, yeah, when, yeah, when it hit the yeah. states was ninety five. About right. So it was we had Power Rangers, and that was sure. pretty cool in terms of like fighting aliens. But it was really the first like animated thing that was like, oh, super powered aliens. This is so cool. And I come from loving sci-fi whether it's like star trek or power rangers so when i first saw dragon ball z it was like wow cool an animated thing mm-hmm. where there's aliens fighting <laughs> or super powered and fighting and and then to the friendship aspect which i think is the core of a lot of animes and mangas in general that's that's the whole point yes there's super powered aliens yes there's monsters and craziness going on but at the core it's like there's this really tight group of friends and they'd go on adventures and it's what you and all your friends would want to do. And so in a way you kind of live vicariously through that and in a perfect world or like in an imaginative world, it would be you and your friends going on these adventures. Mm-hmm. And um, most of, just for those of you who maybe aren't Dragon Ball Z fans, most of the timeline is not like what we represented in uh, Dragon Ball Z Light of Hope. No. The main timeline of Dragon Ball Z is very happy. Like you always know everything's going to be okay Everyone's always going to get wished back to life. Um, there's sensu beans where they can heal people. And just overall, it's about the fun of it and the friendship aspect. Whereas our timeline, we Dragon Ball Z Light of Hope is set in the history of Trunks' future timeline, mm-hmm. which is the dark timeline. Um, and that the, happened in an episode where... It's actually a TV special. Yeah, it's like oh, a TV wow. special of, of three episodes <clears throat> that was then later on turned into a movie. But it's like almost a mini saga mm-hmm. in a way. And mini Trunks is... Like Goku's kid? Or, no. Or no, what is no. It? I know nothing. So I know basically nothing. in the regular timeline, um, there's one part of the arc where Future Trunks appears. He's grown now. Yes. And he appears and he defeats one of the biggest villains uh, in the series. And so it's like, oh my gosh. This who is this person? Mysterious Super Saiyan. He's appeared. Who is this and guy? And we know Trunks at the time? We no. don't. We don't, no. we don't know okay. anything about Future Trunks. Right. We don't so even we know sh- that there's another Saiyan that can go Super Saiyan. Right. Like it. That we, we only I know was, Goku. My That's mind it. was blown. We only know Goku. Another right. Super right. Vegeta hasn't even gone Super Saiyan yet. Vegeta. And Goku like hadn't it. even gone Super no, Saiyan with him. No, no, Goku, Goku had, just barely had. did. And just he's the only Saiyan. person. Oh, Because the, there's only two Saiyans in that timeline. So far, and there, well, Goku I mean, there's, and who, and there's Goku and Vegeta, and then there's Goku's son Gohan, Gohan but he's a child. Okay, that's what I meant. So Go, Gohan is Goku's son. Yes. Yeah, okay. So we don't know anything about future Trunks or Trunks at all. He hasn't even been born yet in the past timeline. He also okay. doesn't tell his name in this episode right. until he just shows up. They just yeah. give him the name Trunks. No, no, no. They no. don't even know. Because if name. you're gonna get a name, like when that he name is when not... he shows up, nobody he doesn't <laughs> give his name. That name. He just shows up in the past timeline in a time machine, defeats one of the biggest villains. And then everyone's like, who is this guy? What's up, bitch? And so then uh, <laughs> then after that episode aired, you had the history of Trunks. So and then that shows it's a TV mm-hmm. special and it shows that character's backstory. And that's like that's like in the X Men universe, that would be like the days of future past type thing. Like this is uh, this is a, no. a, a potential it's, future that might happen. No. Well, it's well, an it's, alternate timeline. That's so what I meant. It's not, it's, yeah, that's it's what I mean. It's a, it's a decent it's a decent um, comparison. Yeah, I mean, it's because like a, it's yeah. not 
I mean, it depends on what how you believe time travel works. I mean, that's it's, it's which, not a, it's not a closed which, loop. Yeah, no, so, it's so right. Right. There's, there's the future the, past. Yeah, right. So days of future past. No, no, this like, is not a closed loop. Basically, that timeline. That's line, what I'm saying. Like days of future past, they avoided it. No, it is a closed loop. Okay. Okay. When Trunks came back, <laughs> Trunks came back and made that's okay, a closed loop. Trunks came no. back and changed the path, so changed history. Closed. Right. So. But Basically, his in the future kept timeline, going. in the future timeline, Goku dies, yeah. and the androids take over, and everything's despair and post-apocalyptic. Right, and that's the time Trunks, that he came back from. Yes, that's the time that Future Trunks came from. He went to the past to make that not happen. Sure. So in the past like timeline, that none of that happens. It's a good timeline. The androids don't take over, but that doesn't right. fix the like future. Bishop and Cable. No, but the I'm other. I know because like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Keep giving comparisons. But it's it's not. Because right. what she's trying to explain is that the the future timeline that Trunks comes from doesn't actually change, so it keeps going the same way. Yeah, it splinters. Yeah, yeah. it splinters yeah. off and stays exactly the same. So now there's like the timeline that us as the fans of Dragon Ball Z watched that kept going and everything was okay because Trunk Future Trunks was like, hey, by the way, some stuff's about to go down. But, I'm here to stop it. Yeah. So the go on like what what we did with. Light of Hope is specifically the splintered timeline. Where the androids are just fucking killing everybody. They're the worst. What, pretty what awesome. that one, dude? Anytime <laughs> there's time travel in a, in a movie or a, a film or something, just don't think about it too much. Just go with it. Yeah, just, that's how it really, that's how it really should so be. So the addressed. fans are like, <laughs> and how much has this storyline, you know, how much of this, has this storyline taken, like, been addressed uh, in the traditional continuity? Did they ever touch it again after that three-part miniseries? Only after, actually, only after we started doing this series, Wait, did what? Dragon that, Ball. Well, that's not technically true. Oh, when you're Trunks right. Comes back. Okay, so Trunks comes back. Oh, again. you're right, because there's this uh, another Splinter timeline. So Trunks well, came back, kicked some ass. No. Well, he killed the well, guy. Well, he did kill Frieza. He did kill he Frieza, Frieza, but that's not. That wasn't the threat, though. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God! It's so much. There's a Are lot. This is why, well, this is why well, I've never gotten into this. It doesn't feel. I don't. Think I feel like it's going to take up too much time of us trying well, to explain. Well, it's pretty quick, but. Go for it. Okay, so Future Trunks comes back. He brings the heart virus medicine for Goku because that's why Goku died was from mm-hmm. heart virus. So he gives Goku the heart virus medicine so he won't die. Into the uh, and then he also for the mic. Straight then he perfect. also tells them about the androids coming so they can train. Okay. And be prepared for the androids. So Goku gets the heart virus medicine from Trunks, which Bulma made in the future timeline. Sup. That's Rose's character. So Goku doesn't <laughs> die, and all of the characters train for the androids' arrival. But then, so Trunks drops off the medicine, tells him that, and he goes back to the future timeline mm-hmm. and stays there until the androids arrive in the past. Then he comes back and helps him fight. Okay. And then a few times throughout, he explains more of the future timeline. And then we also see, then after that, in, he goes back. So he comes back and he also trains. Then he goes back to the future, defeats the androids there, and he defeats Cell there. Yes. And then he comes pretty much stays. Again. And then he comes back again. And, but then after that, he stays there. And then they don't address it again. They, Until super. Until super. And they never were like, why doesn't he just hang out in the past and stop it from happening in the well, first place? Well, because it doesn't, it no, doesn't, he, his mom and everyone still lives in the future timeline. Right. Yeah, don't leave me behind. I know. Damn. I, okay, I got you. Yeah, and so so he's a bit of a time hopper. Um, and you guys were like, in, in, but the young trunks that we see in Light of Hope, 
that's never been addressed, like like what the origin of Trunks is. That, that yes, is the, that that's is the guy. Yeah. So I know, but, the, his, but the history. Are you guys are doing something new? No, no. So the, so sorry. <laughs> I, this is very confusing now that I'm like thinking about it. Guys, okay. it's 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 kept me out of Dragon Ball Z because no, but it's, it's so no. But that, that movie, the history no, of Trunks movie, is is what separate. we did in Light of Hope. That's okay. it. So, so literally, there's three episodes. That's the movie. That is like the the history of Trunks mini saga, and okay. that's what Light of Hope we. Basically, adapted. did that, yeah, adapted from that. So it's actually a separate little movie TV special that you could watch separately. So for people listening who don't know anything about Dragon Ball Z, start with that. Google yeah, people listening or hosting. Google <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. It's on Trunks. YouTube. Yeah, they, well, the whole thing is on YouTube. Okay, sorry. but support the official release. Yeah, right. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so just watch the history of Trunks, and then you will understand. And that's all. You, it's forty-five minutes. That's actually all you need to watch of Dragon Ball Z to understand our project. But you guys did a great job of like the preface and with Tim's like uh, VO at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, I felt like the writing and the, the 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 dialogue and everything like pretty much told me like what this was. I didn't know it was an alternate timeline. I just thought that this was a future of I was like okay, like Goku's gone. Like I <laughs> yeah. get it. Like this is later on, and you guys are doing like you know I. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was like like a lot of fan films. They they play with the idea of like what would happen if. And yeah. you know, I didn't know that it had. It was so married to something that had already been released. Yeah, well, that's we, the thing with adapting <clears throat> animes. Go ahead, Donnie. Oh, I was just going to say uh, it is. It is. We tried to pick a story that was uh, easy to digest if you hadn't been. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not up to speed. Right. Because it's, it is pretty self-contained. Cause it's, there's no and dragons, it's that, there's no green piccolo and, alien, like it's right. human-looking people. Yeah. And it's just something that's uh, contained in a way where even Americans specifically can understand the, the, even like Terminator, you know? Like, oh, John Connor goes back and, you know, there's time travel and all that. So it's, uh, uh, the trunk story is very much like that. Everything's gone to hell. The heroes have died. This is who we have left. There's androids killing everything. What's going to happen? <laughs> you know, so like we can kind of you can kind of jump in relatively easy, even if you feel like you don't know all the the rest of Dragon Ball. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and unlike most of the Dragon Ball Z universe, like Rita said earlier, there's no coming back to life. There's no Dragon Ball wishes. There's no Senzu bees to heal anybody. Like what this is all a, that stuff. It all got destroyed by the oh. androids. Those guys are dicks. Right? That's, that was funny because we watched the reactions to everything. There's one dude who's like, oh, Android 17, right? Just dick. <laughs> dicks. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so you guys now have this Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can access the Patreon from any of these videos, right? There are links on the, on yes. the YouTubes. Correct. Um, and I'm guessing that the goal of this Patreon, the, the main goal is to do a fourth episode. No. No. The main goal moving forward is, uh, well, we are going to revisit Light of Hope. We're going to do another episode at some point. But the main goal of Patreon specifically is we just want to start doing this full time. We really enjoy making content and telling stories. And uh, even beyond that, what's been really cool with Light of Hope is building a community and and interacting with everyone and, and creating content in this cool, collaborative way. Like Light of Hope couldn't have been done or wouldn't really I don't, I don't know how successful it would have been if you did if we didn't listen to the fans of Dragon Ball uh Dragon Ball Z you know it's like we it was like a it was just a group venture and um we want to move forward with making more small uh shorter like smaller scale like 5 minute pieces but telling different anime stories and so mm-hmm. our goal is to use Patreon to to fund that and again to help us do this 
faster, get more content out more, and and just basically show that anime can be done right in live action. Oh, man. And, 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 and Hollywood it just keeps getting done poorly over and over again. Yeah, it has to be by fans for fans, and that's one thing that, like, Robotata has always been about, and that's when I got brought on. Like, that was the first thing we talked about. Is, this is We are fans, and this is for the fans. Now we're making this. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of want for this stuff, and it feels like Hollywood wants to play in these worlds with things like the Ghost in the Shell adaptation and the Death Note adaptation. And those I'm, weren't very I mean, well unfortunately, they just <laughs> no. want to make no, money off of right. them. And the, and the point that, like, Robot Underdog is all about is it doesn't – it's not about making money off of them. It's actually doing the fans the service that we deserve of actually, like, doing the stories as they should be done versus, like, we just want to make money off you nerds. Yeah. Like, this looks cool. My yeah. kid got into this. Yeah. yeah that's. Oh. I think even with the, the superhero stuff, it's become so saturated. It feels very obvious that it's a cash grab as opposed to, uh, 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 what do you call it, um, you know, just passion. I mean. Yeah, I think that I mean, there needs can, to be, like, a Kevin Feige. Like you, like, you guys would be, like, the Kevin Feige of this world mm-hmm. where it's, like, you know, because he seems like the guy who is, Protected. He had a Vanity Fair article up a, a few weeks ago, uh-huh. or maybe it was last week, and in it he was talking about when he was the assistant to the Donners on the first X Men movie, Brian so Singer's cool. first X Men movie. How he was, how <laughs> how Avi Arad, who was the head of Marvel Studios at the time, caught him telling a makeup person who was working with Hugh Jackman, "You got to make the hair higher," <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and he was as a fan. Even though he was, you know, working with the Donners on that project, not as a pointy fan, enough. Yeah, he was looking out it's for funny. the fans, saying that. like, "Hey, like Wolverine's hair's got to be crazier and yeah. got to be whiter." And that's why when you watch that first Brian Singer X Men movie, it's the only time his hair is kind of like like that. But you, you see yeah. how you that's see how funny. he's kind of shepherded Marvel through what it's yeah. become because he's been looking out for it. I mean, in 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 Marvel's done some. Like kind of embrace the weirdness of some of these characters, like a Doctor Strange or just an Ant Man, yeah. and, and just been like, "Hey, that's what Doctor Strange's cloak looks like," you know. And um, and I remember hearing stories when Guillermo del Toro was trying to do Hellboy. They were like, "What if he only becomes Hellboy when he's angry?" And, and like he'd go into these meetings where he was like, "People didn't understand Hellboy," and I knew that I I could only do Hellboy. Mike Mignola's Hellboy. I couldn't do any other version of Hellboy. Yeah. And um, and I think when you have these adaptation projects, I think it's true. And watching this, like, what blew me away was just how accurate it felt to everything, even as a cursory viewer of Dragon Ball Z, like, just how accurate it was to language of anime. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, great. And it, I mean, have you guys got – really any cool. fa- Are there any fans from who don't think that this stuff is – Accurate? I mean, has there been any uh, negative feedback? I mean, there's always negative I know, feedback the, on the it's internet. It's the internet. But, <laughs> I mean, I think what was cool about this, I think it was like 98% like likes, you know? I mean, people yeah. really, really dig it. And it's, I mean, again, I mean, it's it, to contribute, it contributes to, uh, uh, we have to give the, the props to the, like, the fans that have given us uh, feedback. I mean, obviously, we're fans, so we treat the project like fans, you know, like we want to make sure that all the things that we would be upset about if someone else did, we do. We, you know, you think about the shots from anime and like how they frame things and how the action is, you know, brought to life, and you just try to translate that to the best of your ability. So Hollywood, Hollywood, you want to keep making this stuff. I'm just talking Hollywood now. I know you guys are here, but they want to keep making this stuff, and it's only successful when they give it to someone like a Kevin Feige, and it's only successful when like. We had our friend Kevin Tantaro in, in the studio, and he was the guy who did all the, all the Mortal Kombat stuff. 
and he was a Mortal Kombat fan. So Machinima, you know, Warner Brothers had a chance where they were like, if you guys go back a few years on Geekscape, Kevin was in the studio and was talking about this Mortal Kombat legacy and how he made that first fan film of a, of a Mortal Kombat like short. And Warner Brothers looked at the idea of sending him a cease and desist, as they've done with some of their DC properties, mm-hmm. and like shutting him down or suing him. And they looked up and said, you know what? Let's see if we can develop Mortal Kombat with them, and they made that those two machinima machinima seasons. And like, you know what, Hollywood like these people shouldn't have to Patreon. Just hire them to make (laughs) it has to be it has to be by fans because like what like and it's fun for me as the actor in it to then later on finally see the final product and like the the little details that Donnie and Rita added to this. So and there's so many little Easter eggs that some fans catch and others don't. Where, for instance, like in this one of the first scenes that I'm in, the music that I'm listening to mm. is the theme song from the original Dragon Ball show. That's cool. And you don't know, and like, and like, there's little stuff, and there's conversations that like we're actually talking about Doctor Giro's laboratory, but like people aren't, you know what I mean? Like it's these little details that only severe fans like these guys and like me would pick up on, and that they would add. And it's these, and it, it it's yeah, it's. I'm not fan service, but like at the end of the day, it's it makes it that much more detailed and that much more perfect for well, it's just the natural. IP. It's yeah. just natural to do it when you actually like the the content. Yeah. Fan, fan service doesn't. Fan service doesn't. I don't think fan service works. Yeah. I think that you guys are just populating it with everything that would, yeah like, that you want to like, see. That like, is what she would be listening to. Yeah. That is what would happen. Chala, you know, because hey, Rita chala. edited that yeah. that that scene, and it was just kind of we were kind of trying to figure out how to make it work, and. uh uh, our composer, um, he had made a, a he's like phenomenal. A, who's amazing? Yeah. I don't know Incredible. where he's at. Like he's Super awesome. Talented. Yeah, it's a, it, we had a team. They, he had a full team this time, and it was awesome. But uh, yeah, Rita cut that scene, and we were trying to figure out how to make the beginning work, and she just kind of plopped that in there, and it was like, oh yeah, this is this is awesome. It's, it got me so excited because I did ADR for that later on, and like because as you know, as you're doing ADR, you're listening to the scene. I was like, you guys added the song. You guys rock. <laughs> like I just got super stoked. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Rita and Donnie, you guys uh, have this Patreon, and the idea is to make more animes, uh, shorts, keeping them short and really accessible. Uh, do you guys have your kind of eyes on certain properties that you guys would it would be like a dream for you guys to do little aspects of? Um, we're currently doing a poll uh, for fans and the patrons to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. And on the poll, we have... Samurai Champloo, Blue Exorcist, Berserk, Attack on Titan, and Death Note that they can pick from. Wow. And then basically, uh, while Donnie and I did direct Light of Hope together, essentially the fans will pick two, like the top two anime, and then we'll each take one uh, to direct. So out of those five, two of them will at least get made. Are there any that you guys are kind of vying for? Not that you want to throw influence Um, in one direction or not, but like, what is your dream anime? I mean, I well, mean, so there's two yeah, ways of break. So there's dream, <laughs> there's dream anime, which like we maybe wouldn't be able to do with like the micro budgets sure. that we're gonna have. Then out of these top five, there's ones we could say, okay, we could do a two to five minute vignette or trailer or some way represent the characters and the story in a very short amount of time on a micro budget. And so that's where those top that that's where those five anime come from. Out of those five, I would. I mean, we love all of them, but right. for this round, coming off of Light of Hope with all the crazy VFX, I would say I'm, I mean, just personally, I would 
vie for samurai shampoo because that's humans only. Mm-hmm. There's no like crazy fighting. Um, Death Note minus one character, everyone's human. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Blue Exorcist, which there's still supernatural elements, but still very grounded. And um, that way we could focus more instead of focusing so much time and energy on the VFX and the fighting, we could spend more time growing as filmmakers to work on the story and the directing and writing, like all the other aspects besides the fight and VFX. Did, yeah. did you guys have a problem with Riek in the Netflix series? Like I, th- I thought that, that the Riek stuff was actually like – Oh, he was the best part. He was the uh, yeah, only I was good like, part. I was like, this, yeah, this I was is say, actually that's the well, only good part. well done. Um, did I thought, you watch the anime? Yeah, yeah. And, I thought, I, I, and then I also have the two – Japanese uh, live action live ones. action movies. Yeah, I, I got have those, those too. And I'm and I'm like, okay, like Riek and the Netflix one was legit. Yeah, I and, won't say anything negative about Netflix uh, or their <laughs> content because I want to make content for them. But I have opinions on uh, Death Note, and I I wish we sure. could have done it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, yeah. with with how I mean, you guys have like 30 million views, et cetera, like on that first pilot, and then this one's no doubt going to hit those marks too because I think it's. It's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to come calling. Like, like there's there's so many Hollywood, so. there's so many Hollywood executives trying to figure out where to how to make these these properties work for a Western audience for you know a Hollywood audience, and they want the next Marvel. You know, yeah. like you have those meetings where people are like, "What's the next Marvel?" And I think that anime and manga is rich for this kind of content, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been mined to death. And I, but you can't take it and give it to the hands of someone who only knows how to make the donuts in a traditional sense using the traditional tools. Mm-hmm. They need to give it to somebody who understands the language because we're not just talking about taking a story and adapting a story into a Hollywood studio setting. You're talking about taking an entire language. And that's, again, what I think was so impressive watching these uh, three pieces was that. The language of it was awesome. The speed of the fight, the way that the – I mean just the way the gravity works, just the way that the physics works. There's uh, – like anime is different in the way that physics works in anime. And that's what – I mean, do you see Oakjaw, that Netflix Uh -uh. film Oakjaw? Oh, I I wanted to see that. Jake Gyllenhaal does such an anime character in that. And it's – I'm like, is this performance good? (laughs) Is it bad? Or is it amazing? (laughs) Because he's clearly playing some kind of a caricature. And I think his performance is worth watching Oakjaw just to begin with because he's he's got guts. Like he's yeah. he's doing such a weird character, but it is such an archetype from. I mean, it comes out of anime, and when you watch stuff like Pacific Rim, like some of the characters, the scientists in Pacific Rim, like that, those just feel like anime. Like that just feels like a Gundam mo- movie. Like you're watching that, and you're like, like Hollywood loves this language. Audiences love this language. Yeah, yeah. Anime leans into the get archetypes. the people who know how to speak it. Like Rita and Donnie know how to speak it. And yeah, Rita. and they also can find like only a true can- fan can find the problems within an anime because there are like like they take a long time to charge up in Dragon Ball Z. It's awesome, and they also talk too much. And they're like, it was funny. One of the reactions of like the fight scene, it was like, oh, he didn't even talk to him. He just started fighting. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because that's what you would actually do. So right. it's, it's interesting because yeah. only a fan can really find the heart and the notes of the ip like and of what's happening and like ignore everything else and just go for the true story and the heart of what it's all about like i think too it's a lot building trust like with us like we're we're constantly in contact with the community we've built around robot underdog 
And so fans feel more comfortable being like, oh, there's someone that will actually read my input, read my comment. And mm-hmm. even if they don't, you know, put that into the project, they're at least hearing my voice. Because I think with things like Ghost in the Shell, Death Note, Dragon Ball Evolution, pretty much any live-action westernized like anime that's come to life has been very bad. So fans, you know, have a chip on their shoulder, understandably. So I think overall they just want someone that cares about it as much as they do and who will listen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're really offering uh, with the Patreon. If people donate, we have uh, what's called a Discord server set up, and mm-hmm. it's basically like a chat room just for people who are patrons. And we're, we comment back and forth. It's like a private place for us to talk back and forth with them about their ideas about the live actions, about what they want to see. And it's really just you're kind of putting a chip in to, to have your say sure. on a project. And that's honestly been one of my favorite things about working on Light of Hope and Robot Underdog in general is sometimes it can be really nerve-wracking to feel like you're 100%. It's like your fault or like you're 100% responsible for something. But what's great about constantly being in contact with the fans is you don't have to worry about that because you know what they want. Sure. Because you literally just ask them and you're constantly talking to them about yeah. it. Yeah. So, Donnie Reed, I actually have a question for you guys because I know so um, all the people that donated uh, to the Kickstarter for two and three, they sent uh, a, like the first kind of cut to them mm. and was like, hey, what do you guys think? And then they sent their, like, responses back. And I know that we fixed stuff. Like, we actually mm-hmm. went back in, we filmed some more stuff, and we did some ADR work. To, like, they're like, hey, this doesn't make sense. We're like, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. And, like, went back and fixed that. Was there, like, once, once you know, we did all that work to kind of, like, do the, the changes that the fans asked for, was there a point that you guys, like, had communications after that? And they're like, hey, thanks for, like, taking my advice. Like, did they know... Did you show them that you actually, like, listened and now there's a new product because of them? I mean, not, like, specifically, like, to each person, but after we did, you know, we did several passes, at least three pre-screenings. And so by the final pre-screening, there was, I mean, at least 10 people, if not more, on their feedback form. They were commenting, oh, wow, I see you guys actually read my thing and you implemented it. So while it wasn't, like, personally, like, telling each one, because the feedback forms are somewhat private, like, yeah. somewhat... We don't, they don't give their name. Sure. But many of them did say, wow, like, I can't believe they actually fixed the thing that I commented on. It feels cool to see that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like, it's just what's, it's been really fun to remove ego from filmmaking. And, and I, I really think that that's the future of everything, but specifically filmmaking in regards to what we're doing. But, uh, you know, there's groupthink, which is bad, but crowdsourcing ideas is, is incredible, especially mm-hmm. in a creative endeavor, because you know, I mean, it's a miracle movies get made, and obviously, this is just a short film. You know, we, we but know this is where such stand, a beloved IP, and yeah. you need to get that, yeah. like you said, that kind of crowdsourcing to really yeah. be like, oh, someone's you're like right. more Bulma. You see that Rue's just like donating. Hey, Bulma spinoff. <laughs> it is. It is neat though, because you know, you when you put something together, you spend six months staring at the same edit. You maybe you're missing little things here sure. and there. The, you know, when you go to a movie, you go, oh, how'd, that, how'd this person screw that up? This is obvious. Well, it's because they edited this thing for months, and sometimes your eyes glaze over. Right. And and then sometimes everyone on the team's eyes glaze over. Yeah, it's good to and have so that outside. And so that's what's so cool about that crowdsourcing thing. It's like you do you do that, and you go, oh, 
Yeah. Obviously, we should fix this or that. You know, we could easily tweak this. Why have we not done right. that? And a, and a lot know? of people don't know like how much Donnie and Rita put into this because they had they have full time jobs. Mm-hmm. So nine to five they work and then they do this. And so it's like insane. yeah. And what's crazy is so we started doing the review show of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, what nine months ago? Maybe and that's a new series. Yeah, that's the that's the yeah. new series, and there's like a hundred and almost twenty episodes of that out. Wow. But we started doing this review show because, like, a we just wanted to hang out. Like, I miss them because we didn't get <laughs> to see each other ever. So we'd go over to their house to like film this thing, and we'd finish at like nine ten o'clock at night, and then Donnie would be like, "Hey, babe, so uh, you." pot of coffee right and she's like yep yeah, pot of coffee and then they sit down and go back to editing oh god and like every you gotta get out of here i gotta edit <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and like every every Dream time, time like anytime i came over for eight to do more adr work or whatever to their place and it was just like okay another pot of coffee like gonna make gonna go back and they just go back at it i think we went to bed at like midnight last night i was like i don't know if i could fall asleep yet this is <laughs> so early so early so early there's this great moment where um after we dropped this last like full film of episode two and three and donnie came home from work and he sat and he looked really awkward and he's like i feel like i'm i'm supposed to be editing but there's nothing i don't know what to do with to myself. Edit. like he was so awkward uh, and he was just like uh, i guess what do i do i just i'm home now geekscape is bring some normalcy back to their lives and yeah. get on that patreon <laughs> get on that patreon and vote vote, vote, yeah. vote for their next thing and, and you guys have some, you guys have some original ideas as well that you guys want to see come to fruition yeah we have a few original ideas that we're wanting to kind of pepper in to the mix throughout the Basically year maybe yeah. do a rotation like we'll do a couple of these animes that people vote for and then an original project sure. and kind of go back and some forth. for you some for them some for you some yeah. for them but it's all really all for you guys like you it's know, all for everyone yeah, it's all for yeah. you yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean the goal is to you know just you know they like the other stuff but you know then they can find like, hopefully we can create new fandoms mm-hmm. and you know they'll gravitate towards that equally you know at some point but uh you know, we can we can humble ourselves and know that our original ideas aren't as exciting as Dragon Ball, yet. Attack on Titan. You know, but yet. whenever we enter, yet. yet, but when we introduce it, we have some really cool stuff that I think they're going to really get excited for. We even have some animated ideas that hopefully we'll get to do within the year. So we'll see. Geekscape is. Uh, where can we find your Patreon? Um, Patreon dot com backslash robot underdog. Okay. Okay. Is there any chance that one of these original projects might be a Super D? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Super now D. that I've found out about Super D, it's going to happen. Super D I'm going to talk to the rest of the team. Super D Legacy. I'm working on a script See. right now. Yeah. She's already wrote it. Oh, yeah. Right here. thing is, I'm a, I'm a behind the scenes kind no. of guy. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You guys are getting comfortable on screen. Yeah. I've noticed around review say, shows. Uh, you, let's you're getting little, there. You might start, want to start growing that right now. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the return. <laughs> the return. Yeah. The return. That is, uh, there's only one way to find out. you got to go to patreon.com slash robot underdog and be a part of the community. Uh, again, it all starts with these uh, with these shorts. Go to robot underdog 2 on YouTube. That's the channel. Um, and find this Dragon Ball Z Light of Hope uh, series. There's three out. And um, be a part of it because I, I want to see a fourth. And I had no skin in the game until I started watching this stuff. And I was blown away. You didn't even know I was Super in it. Impressed. Like we'd been friends for like a while. And then yeah. it wasn't until like one of the cons that you, I, I, was, I like, was like, oh, yeah, I'm Bulma. And you're like, oh, wait, in that seat. 
Oh, wait. Wait. Huh? We wrote about this. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. That's awesome. We put up an article or yeah, something. Yeah, or something. <laughs> I didn't know. So you're Oh, wait. Mm. Wait, huh? But Ge- you're Ruth Ann. Geekscape. As you may think that I run Geekscape. Nobody runs Geekscape. <laughs> <laughs> you run Geekscape, I have so, Geekscape is Derek Cranavelt runs it, and Courtney Dossett runs it, and at times Shane runs it, and that that's when it goes down. I'm kidding, Shane. I love you. Um, but yeah, no, no, but there's there's no captain at the helm. I'm lucky to be alive. Um, Aren't we all? Geekscape is uh, living a beautiful time. Can't wait for that <laughs> super D fan film. I have a write-in vote for your uh, – I have a sixth option for your vote. Um, <laughs> super D, The Reckoning. Um, oh, gosh. Spelled with a W. I messed up. I shouldn't have brought Super D into this. <laughs> I'm already. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call Tyler right now, and me and hashtag Tyler Tackett for Nightwing are going to start on the script ASAP. Super D, uh, Geeks gave us. We love you guys. Uh, you can obviously Google Robot Underdog and find them. I'm guessing on every social media platform. We're talking Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Geeks gave us. You can find us at Geekscape.net on Facebook, Twitter. YouTube, all of that stuff. Just search for Geekscape. Um, we'll be your friends. And, of course, come hang out with us with the Geekscape Forever uh, community that we just started up on uh, Facebook. So come hang out with us in that group, and we'll talk all sorts of stuff. We'll make our own um, Super D fanfic. You know how we do it's all happening. here on Geekscape. I <laughs> uh, love you guys. We're here for you every week going into the holidays and our, I think, 12th year i don't know um i'll have to wow. do the math geekscapist wow. and math doesn't come to me quickly good job uh but geekscapist we will see you guys next week right here thanks for subscribing tell your friends all about us it really helps us out and um we're here for you if you're here for us okay over and out